Is it imposter syndrome or self-sabotage? How do you know the difference? I feel like these labels come up often and often it's like, how do we push past these feelings? You are listening to the Ideas in Motion podcast, a journey of self-discovery, unapologetic confidence, and setting intentions for every season in your life. This episode is all about imposter syndrome and self-sabotage. Let's dig in. When I left my son's father, I had a plan. I registered to go back to school. My goal was to get at least a Bachelor of English so that I could be a writer and an English teacher. Because I hadn't graduated yet, I still had a long way to go. I still had dreams of being a journalist or maybe a show host or maybe a motivational speaker. But I knew I needed to fund my dream. So teaching was my goal. I was pretty broke. I managed to keep a roof over our heads and food in the cupboard. I had a part-time job at a Sears department store. Went to school part-time and was on a government subsidy plan. We lived in low-income housing, but were safe and comfortable. And I had tons of emotional support from my mom and dad. I was very lucky to have that. We'd have dinners and do laundry every Sunday, and when I needed a break, they'd gladly take my little Jake for a night. Four months into my plan, though, there was a change in Parliament, and my subsidy was cut. I could no longer afford rent or food, and I had to get a second job. Thankfully, though, I'm pretty good at keeping relationships with past employers, and leaving doors open really served me. It was just six months before that that I had left my job at a gas station. So I went back to ask if they had any part-time positions available. Then I had two jobs, shift work. I was doing school by correspondence instead of in classes because I couldn't meet class times with my work schedule. Life was bananas. I couldn't handle it all, so I quit school again. My gas station employers had become like my family. I had worked for them for about two years before I left, and they had known me as a customer before that. I lived around the corner, and I would quite often be in there buying smokes and milk. They also owned a distributor company for a fine meat product and snacks and sunflower seeds. They had been trying to grow the territory and were in need of someone to take it on. I was offered the job, part-time at first, And they would make up my hours at the gas station. So it would be a full-time job until I built the territory into a full-time position. You know, between the two jobs, I only had to go to work in one spot. The job included a big pay hike and a company van that I was allowed to use for pleasure as well. That was something I'd never done before, this type of job. And... It also gave me a vehicle, something I'd been without. I hadn't had a vehicle since I lost my second one in Winnipeg at 21. This was almost a dream come true for me. It wasn't my dream, but it was one job. I also felt pretty sexy and strong because there I was. At that time, I was a very, very lean, compact girl slinging boxes and dollies around a man-dominated warehouse like I owned the place. I was confident and strong. I was capable and free. After a couple of months, the guys, though, they stopped asking me if I needed help loading my truck. 
Finally, I had proved my capabilities, and they were tired of hearing no thank you. You see, this was the first time I had experienced myself in a lean body. And I was still trying to identify with who that was. With the job, I learned to love the open road. And I learned to drive the icy highways in the dark with confidence. Just like my dad did as a traveling salesman as I grew up. Dad and I had lots to talk about at Sunday dinners, and he and I both took pride in the ability to, have you ever heard that quote, sell an igloo to in, in Alaska, you know? It wasn't long before my job was more than full-time, and I was even upgraded to a bigger truck. My life then had began to revolve around working and being a mom. I was having a really hard time fitting in exercise because I was no longer walking everywhere. I was driving the company van. I was no longer running up and down stairs in a department store and standing at a till. I was sitting for long periods of time in the driver's seat. I began to feel kind of sorry for myself, losing all this time on the road. How will I ever get back to school? I barely see my son now, and when I do, I'm so tired. I began picking up a bag of kettle chips and a cup of hot chocolate on my last stop on the drive home. I felt my body changing, felt my clothes getting tighter. I went to my mom's to do my Sunday laundry and I was feeling fat, feeling uncomfortable and upset with myself for my Sunday pants feeling tight. I got on her scale and I was up 15 pounds. Must be all the salt. I should probably do something about this, but I didn't know what. I walked out into the kitchen, opened the fridge and saw a pie. I asked mom if I could have a slice, and she said, yeah, just be sure to save some for your father. As I bent over, she said, are you gaining weight again? Your butt looks bigger. Frustrated, I said, yeah, so I might as well eat while I can, eh? I was beginning the self-sabotage pattern. I have no time because I have to work. I've lost control, so I might as well soothe myself. Because when I gain control, I can't have this treat anymore. I'd look in the mirror and obsess over what I saw. I'd stretch my clothes to tell myself they'd fit if that damn dryer would stop shrinking them. When I'm less busy, I can get back on track. When I lose weight, I will feel happy again and be happy in the mirror again. But for now, I'm not happy. I'm helpless. What you believe is what your reality is. You know that, right? So I had shared this with my husband, Barry. I really wanted to feel better and I was really scared of going back to my old body. Everyone will say I knew it wouldn't last. Her weight loss is bound to come back. He had introduced me to my first diet and exercise weight loss book. It was called Body for Life by Bill Phillips. I read it cover to cover. I had an old manual treadmill and Barry had brought over some extra dumbbells and a weight bench that he wasn't using. I began getting up at 5 a.m. My workouts were done and my entire day's worth of healthy food was packed before little Jake got out of bed. Then we'd have breakfast together. We'd make his lunch together. I started having more time with him in the morning because I was up and organized so quickly. 
I not only lost 15 pounds, but 10 more after that. And as I stood there, my leanest imposter syndrome set in. This was definitely not my first time feeling the imposter syndrome, nor would it be my last. It was never enough. I was never enough. I began binging on cheat days. I feel like imposter syndrome and self-sabotage are friends. They hang out on the same block and spy on you and wait until the next time they can meet up and strike. They work together like a well-oiled machine and when one tires, they tag the other to take a round. They're both waiting, watching, sitting in the back corner of your brain when you're in the driver's seat, all confident, just quietly waiting for that moment to bring your frontal cortex with a spitball to knock you on your ass. Self-sabotage psycho, ruining life so easy it's psycho. Checking my side notes, maybe it's myself. Self-sabotage psycho, making me psycho. That was Megan Abel. <laughs> she uh, wrote that song and she kind of helped out there with that singing cameo. But okay, so let's take a moment to take a look at self-sabotage and imposter syndrome individually. So self-sabotage is often blamed by a lack of willpower. If you feel like that lack of willpower, you need to read the book Willpower Doesn't Work by Benjamin Hardy. He suggests that it is the environment. What I know for sure is your environment matters, but ultimately you are the one in control. Don't want temptations? Then don't bring crap in your house. Don't put yourself in situations where you feel like a victim or when you feel like you can easily lose control. Give yourself some padding, some armor, Imposter syndrome is behaviors or thought patterns that hold you back and prevent you from doing what you want to do. Do you see how easily these two can work together? Back and forth like a ping pong match your entire life if you let them. And you will. We're human. The most successful people in the world are no stranger to these two. So how do you stop? Or at least let these two rest a bit. How do you stop them from showing up at your door, lashing out at you, and taking pieces of you with them? You don't. Be self-aware. To become a detective of your environment and understand when and where these two show up, self-awareness is your first ticket to freedom. This is where it might get a little ugly, though. You may need to face some things that make you feel like a failure. Failing is good. It's a place to get to know your triggers. Once you know your triggers, you can start the process of flipping those triggers on their head and changing habits. You can't change habits until you start to identify triggers. A couple of examples from me are as follows. When I'm with my mom, I always want to eat more and I get a trigger for comfort food. I explored that and it roots back to my times as a teen When I would lock myself in my bedroom with food after school and my best friends in my Judy Bloom books. It's not a real need and I can't avoid my mom. I love her and enjoy time with her, 
but knowing that helps me make better choices because I know how I feel when I don't. I want to feel good, not gross. When I quit smoking, my coffee, which I always drank with cream and Splenda or those international delight creamers, would give me intense cravings. I started drinking my coffee black and the cravings in that situation, I, I could get rid of the trigger altogether. And to this day, my coffee is usually black. The second step out of the self-sabotage and imposter syndrome is to get your life in motion. You have to start doing the things you say you're going to do. Do the things you want to do. Don't wait for the right time. Don't wait until you're less busy. Don't wait until Monday. Believe with everything that you are, that you are the vibrant being you want to be today. Don't wait until you're there. Self-sabotage and imposter syndrome will come in and trick you into believing you are never enough. I want you to know the difference between never being enough and never being done. The ability of loving where you're at while never being done with wellness. Wellness and weight loss are related. It takes a healthy mind to nourish a healthy body and a splash of feeling purpose to make a person feel whole. So I have a few questions for you that you can go back and journal on. You can write these down um, and, and come to you, you know, they're really great journal points to, for self-awareness. Number one is, can you identify emotional triggers that bring you into self-sabotage and imposter syndrome patterns? Once, once you identify some emotional triggers, you know, like the examples I provided, write them down. Number two, is there a past experience of what I like to call the injection point? What is the trigger? So an injection point is, is kind of like, you know, for me, it would have been the first time I read a story out in class, a personal story, and everybody giggled because it was a story about my second cousin giving me a kiss. And everybody thought that it was so gross that my cousin kissed me. Well, it was, you know, he had just met me. He was being polite. He was famous. And I was excited about it. But of course, kids will be kids and they'll find anything to tease. But that injection point kind of made me feel like I might not have been telling the right stories. I might have been telling too much information. So I started holding back, holding back on my writing, holding back on sharing. And then that kind of trickled through. So that one event that happened when I was seven continued to show up in different ways um, throughout a lot of my life until I decided that I was going to connect it. Not decided. I mean, it decided for me. I kind of went back into my memory and um, looked at the first time that I shared some of my artwork um, that turned into an embarrassing time. So that was what I would call an injection point. So the next question is, how are you going to rewire the trigger? Uh, for example, it can be something like changing how you prepare your coffee. So in that coffee example, or reframing a negative phrase to positive affirmations. And I re recommend totally for deeper trauma experience, seeking a therapist or energy healer. You don't have to do this alone. 
And so the next thing to journal on is your plan. What's your plan of action? Are you going, like, how are you going to take action on something that you might be feeling like you're holding back on for one of these, you feel like you have imposter syndrome or self-sabotage. Now, once you've identified it, what's your plan in moving forward? So what's your new phrases? What's your, how are you going to reprogram yourself? So right now, I want you to start now. Like, there's no reason why you can't start identifying those negative thoughts that you might have and start turning them around. And so once you are doing this work, more of your answers about yourself begin to come alive. And the great news is that you already are doing the work because you're listening to this podcast or you're reading this blog. You're not sitting, you're doing something. You're feeling a desire for something different and to be the best version of yourself. You're already doing it. Now there are more things that you can start doing. What are they? As they are like coming to your head, start writing them down or record them on your voice memo on your phone, but make sure that you capture them. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I'm gonna ask you to leave a review if you like the show. Make sure that you tell me which episode that you listen to. Um, and that way I know what what type of things to write and how to shape so that you're getting the most out of our time together. There's just so much that we can share together. Um, but the Ideas in Motion podcast is also sponsored by the Ideas in Motion Day Planner and my book, Be Weightless Like Your Body, Love Yourself. You will find both in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening today and bye for now.